Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about post-traumatic slave syndrome. And odds are you've never heard of that term before and I'm guessing that by the end of this video you're going to wish you never had. But you know what? With this show I kind of see myself as your guide to the darker parts of cultural and political happenings. So with that being said, let's do this. But first, I want to tell you guys about the amazing folks over at Bowl & Branch. Guys, imagine these scenarios for me. You've just taken a shower and to dry yourself off, you reach for a roll of sandpaper. Or at the end of a long day, you go and flop yourself onto a bed of nails covered with fire ants. Hurts to even think about, doesn't it? We all know that when it comes to bedding, mattresses, and towels, things we put against our delicate skin comfort matters. Softness and quality matter. So if you're looking for bedding, a mattress, or towels, look no further than Bowl & Branch. Their products are made without harmful chemicals, pesticides, or GMOs, and from sustainable raw materials. 100% of their packaging is made from recycled paper and can be recycled and or repurposed. I love Bowl & Branch sheets because they're the softest and most most comfortable sheets in the world. Seriously, they feel like being caressed by newborn teddy bears. Yeah, you heard me. Newborn teddy bears. Shipping is always free. You can try them for 30 nights risk-free. And right now you get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com with the promo code CHEN. Again, get $50 off at bowlandbranch.com with the promo code CHEN, spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com with code CHEN. So post-traumatic slave syndrome is a theory that this woman, Dr. Joy DeGroy, has apparently spent at least 12 years working on. And Dr. DeGroy, whose name I'm almost definitely butchering, by the way, if you watched the show before, you'll know I am terrible with saying names correctly. I just, I, I kind of pronounce from the heart, I guess. But anyway, Dr. DeGroy, for the record, has a master's degree in social work, another master's degree in clinical psychology, and a PhD in social work research. I mean, I don't even know how much credence people give to academia, but for what it's worth, no, she's not some random crazy person off the street. She's a random crazy person from the ivory tower. Recently, she did a video with AJ Plus explaining the basics of post-traumatic slave syndrome or PTSS, and I found it very enlightening. Post-traumatic slave syndrome is an explanatory theory that really looks at multi-generational trauma. What I did was I started to look at the African-American experience, starting with slavery as a real clear long enduring traumas. I started to see that there were clear connections between that survival behavior and contemporary living in African-American experience. I started to see common behaviors that I took for granted as well cultural. As someone who really does love history and even the study of different cultures, I did some area studies classes in college, I've got to say on the surface, in the most broadest general way, what this lady is saying actually does make some sense. History does affect culture, especially when that history is traumatic. The Great Depression, for example, absolutely affected American culture at the time and continued to for generations. Have you ever wondered why your grandparents insist on doing extremely time-consuming things that only end up saving pennies? If that, like trying to wash and reuse disposable Ziploc bags, that's one I've caught my grandmother doing several times. Or just collecting random buttons they find that way, if they ever need to replace a button, they won't have to go out and buy buttons. They do stuff like that because they didn't grow up in the same environment that a lot of us are in today. Either they or their parents, depending on how old you are, needed to be frugal in the extreme because for a lot of them, their survival depended on it. And 
of course, that's going to affect their culture. Dr. DeGroy is right to say that practices or behaviors learned for survival reasons will be passed on from parents to children, perhaps even beyond when they're actually useful or needed. In the U.S., there's no question that the history of slavery has had lasting impacts on the country in many different ways. I would never try to argue otherwise. However, however, the thing about Dr. DeGroy's theory of post-traumatic slave syndrome is that the specific behaviors she attributes to slavery are very strange, and it doesn't really seem like she has that much evidence, if any, to back up what she's saying. Here's what I mean. This is an example of how Dr. DeGroy says slavery has affected the way black people today behave. There's adaptive behaviors, survival behaviors. Well, what are they? Let's just say 2019, you have a black mother and a white mother. The black mother leans over to the white mother and says, I just wanted to mention to you that I noticed that your son is really doing quite well. And the white mother's response is, oh, thank you. She begins to go on and on about, he won the science fair, his uncle's an astronaut. She's just oozing. And she says, well, wait a minute. Your son's the one that's really coming along. And the black mother responds, oh my God, he's a handful, but oh, he just works my nerves. Now, when I'm working with African-American people, it doesn't matter what the audience is. It doesn't matter what class. If I were to ask, is she very proud while she's saying those denigrating things? And everybody laughs and goes, of course. All right, so in this example, we're drawing distinctions between how, in general, white Americans versus black Americans refer to their children. According to Dr. DeGroy, black parents tend to be less affirming about their children's abilities. Now, cross-cultural parenting differences are interesting to me. I grew up in a couple different countries with parents and friends from different cultural backgrounds, so those differences are something I've definitely seen firsthand, and I think they absolutely affect how children end up turning out. Obviously. I'm not saying Dr. DeGroy's explanation here is wrong, but here's her explanation for it, which I find questionable. So now let's roll that scene back 300 years. And let's say this black mother is working in the fields and a white slave owner comes through and says, wow, that boy is really coming along. What is she gonna say? No, he's not. He's, he's stupid, he's, he's shiftless, he can't work because I don't want you to sell him. So I denigrate them to protect them. That is called appropriate adaptation when living in a hostile environment. And Trey looks at his mom and wonders, why can't you be proud of me? Because he doesn't understand the secret yet. And by the time he learns the secret, he will have already been injured by it. Post-traumatic slave syndrome. To clarify, Dr. DeGroy posits that black parents now are more denigrating toward their children because black people 300 years ago did that to prevent their children from being sold off by slave owners. And now, since that lack of affirmation hurts black children, they are suffering from post-traumatic slave syndrome. Basically, black parents are hurting black children, but they're only doing so because of slavery. Mm. I feel like if you put forward a theory about something, you, you kind of need, like, proof to back up that theory. And there's this whole little rule in statistics that says correlation does not equal causation. Like just because you might be able to give a two minute explanation about how two things might be related, that doesn't actually mean that they are. Like was denigrating children really a common practice during slavery? Like she states, is, is there proof of this? And has that practice been documented to have existed 
in African-American communities for the 250 years since slavery? And are there any differences in the way black people refer to their children and the way the many other cultures who are also less affirming refer to their children? Because I feel like historically, for better or worse, being hard on your kids was more the norm. I mean, it's really only lately that parents have gotten better at verbally showing their kids they're proud of them. And on her website, Dr. DeGroy lists more examples of how PTSS manifests among black people and frankly, those make even less sense. On her websites, Dr. DeGroy writes that key patterns of behavior reflective of post-traumatic slave syndrome include, quote, vacant esteem, insufficient development of what Dr. DeGroy refers to as primary esteem, along with feelings of hopelessness, depression, and a general self-destructive outlook. All those feelings she lists are hard to unpack as a whole, but if we look at depression specifically, Black people are less likely to be depressed than white people, so I don't know. The American Psychiatric Association says that the rate of depression among whites is 34.7% compared to just 24.6% of blacks. They do note, however, that depression in blacks is more likely to be persistent. And in the 2003 American Journal of Public Health, one study noted that, quote, after control for confounders, Hispanics and whites exhibited similar rates and African-Americans exhibited significantly lower rates of depression than whites. And here they noted that apparently, elevated depression rates among minority individuals are largely associated with greater health burdens and lack of health insurance, factors amenable to public policy intervention. So if black people are depressed because of intergenerational trauma, but more white people than black people are depressed, does that mean that white people have worse intergenerational trauma? Although, you know what, now that I'm explaining all of this, I'm guessing that Dr. DeGroy would probably argue that the decreased likelihood of black people having healthcare is the result of slavery, therefore it does tie into post-traumatic slave syndrome. See, I'm, I'm getting this whole grievance study thing. And we've got more to talk about, but before we do, I have a quick message from our awesome sponsor, Quip. Quip, the makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, want you to know the one single discovery that matters most for good oral health. It's simply this have good habits. That means brushing your teeth for two minutes, twice a day, and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. And Quip makes that simple, starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide a full and even clean. Plus, Quip delivers a new brush head, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. Join Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Chen right now, you'll get your first refill completely free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash Chen, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Chen, Quip the Good Habits Company. Anyway, so far with PTSS, we've got black parents mean because slavery and also black people sad, not as sad as white people, but still sad because slavery. What else you got, DeGroy? The next behavior listed is marked propensity for anger and violence. Extreme feelings of suspicion, perceived negative motivations of others, violence against self, property, and others, including the members of one's own group, i.e. friends, relatives, or acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Okay, saying that black people are angry and or violent because of slavery is weird for many reasons. First off, patterns of violence among African Americans, just like violence among 
I mean, literally every other group has gone up and down as we've moved away from slavery. If this theory is right, shouldn't violence and anger either be consistent or consistently diminishing the further we get from slavery, depending on how strong the effect of slavery was? And I'm not even sure if that makes sense but I don't think any of this makes sense. And second, violence is hugely regional. Are the black people in Chicago and Detroit and St. Louis more affected by slavery than the black people in, I don't know, Kansas? And does this theory account for how fatherlessness and poverty have actually been proven to be statistically connected to violence and anger and all those other things she mentioned? Maybe it's explained in the book that DeGroy wrote about this, which is called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, America's Legacy of Enduring Injury and Healing, but I really don't wanna read that book. And finally, DeGroy writes that racist socialization and internalized racism is a symptom of PTSS, learned helplessness, literacy deprivation, distorted self-concept, antipathy, or aversion for the following, the members of one's own identified cultural slash ethnic group, the mores and customs associated with one's own identified cultural slash ethnic heritage, and the physical characteristics of one's own identified cultural slash ethnic group. Uh, the truth is, black people on average have the strongest in-group preference of any race. According to a 2018 survey, black people had a stronger in-group bias than Hispanic people, Asian people, or non-liberal white people. The only group surveyed that on average actually had negative feelings toward their own group, like Dr. DeGroy seems to be describing, were white liberals. If anyone is suffering from a syndrome that due to slavery now causes them to hate their own race, it's white people. I mean, if this is really how post-traumatic slave syndrome manifests, then perfect because it doesn't seem like many people are even afflicted by it. But in any case, let's see how she recommends fixing this problem. I think the first order of business is beginning to have a conversation. And the other is to educate the larger society. You have to stop the assault. So this is not purely a clinical thing. This requires social justice and change. We gotta work with some of those clinical things, some of those issues of panic and anxiety. And we also have to deal with the fact that you have a system that is set up to oppress you and to continue to injure you. Both those things have to be dealt with. Wanting to help struggling communities, including many black communities out there, is a noble goal. And I don't wanna discourage anyone from doing that or act like that help isn't needed. But, and I've said this before, to solve a problem, you first need to accurately identify it. I support criminal justice reform, educational reform, healthcare reform. There are so many problems with the system in those areas. But even then, I don't think it's accurate to say that it's been designed or that its function is specifically to oppress and injure black people. And what kind of policies would even lend themselves to fixing a system like that? Because I feel like if a system is racist, then the answer should be to ensure that there are no racial biases at all. But anytime the phrase social justice arises, I feel like people are instead about to introduce more, in their eyes, corrective racial biases, which I don't think is good. And part of me is glad that she mentions clinical and personal treatments for people who are struggling in life, not just big government top-down solutions, kind of similar to what Dr. Peterson does, but unlike what Dr. Peterson does, it seems like Dr. DeGroy's clinical treatment doesn't focus on improving the self, it only focuses on dealing with how you feel about the outside world. With this whole PTSS thing, I feel like Dr. DeGroy has just taken a bunch of negative characteristics, many of which aren't even displayed disproportionately by black people, and said, it's because of slavery that we're like this. 
I mean, that's one way to deal with it, I guess. That's pretty much all I have to say though, but as always, I would love to know what you guys think. Do you think there's any merit to the idea of post-traumatic slave syndrome? Are there any behaviors, negative, or positive, actually, that are displayed by black people today that you believe are learned adaptive behaviors from when their ancestors were slaves? Gosh, I don't know, even asking that question feels racist to me. Don't, don't like any of this. Let me know, though. That's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.